0: All right, now let's all grab our Bibles, our pens, our rulers, whatever you're going to use to mark up your Bible, to take some notes, and let us open up, please, right now to Jeremiah chapter 31, and we are going to start in verse 15 today. Let's go through this together. Thus says the Lord, a voice heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, keep your voice from weeping and your eyes for tears. Here's a key. For there is reward for your work, declares the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. Now, I love how verse 17 starts off. There is hope For your future. See, that's something that comes as we have God in our life. There is hope for our future, for declares the Lord, and your children shall come back to their own country. I have heard Ephraim grieving. You have disciplined me, and I was disciplined like an untrained calf. Bring me back that I may be restored, for you are my God. You see, one of the reasons for discipline is it helps bring restoration. You need that restoration to come to your senses, to be fixed, to change how your heart is, to change how your mind is thinking. You need that discipline to restore yourself. For you are my God. For after I had turned away, I relented. And after I was instructed, I slapped my thigh I was ashamed, and I was confounded, because I bore the disgrace of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Now here's a part I love. Therefore my heart yearns for him, and I will surely have mercy on him declares the Lord see this is how God thinks of us he loves us he desires us he wants to have time with us but he's also going to have mercy upon us that is the amazing God we serve we will have mercy we will have mercy from the mistakes that we have made because we have a good and a faithful God who loves us so much his heart yearns for us Now, verse 21, set up road markers for yourself. Make yourself guideposts. Consider well the highway, the road by which you went. Return, O virgin Israel. Return to these your cities. Set things up, guys. Keep watch. Put things in place to help you, to protect yourself, to protect the way you think, the way you act, the way you speak, that it will help guard you how long will you waver o faithless daughter for the lord has created a new thing on the earth a woman encircles a man thus says the lord of hosts the god of israel once more they shall use these words in the land of judah and in its cities when i restore their fortunes the lord bless you o habitation of righteousness o holy hill And Judah and all its cities shall dwell there together, and the farmers and those who wander their flocks. And here again, for I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. God is the one who satisfies. God is the one who replenishes. That is who he is. That is what he does. At this I awoke and looked. My sleep was pleasant to me. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and the seed of beast. And it shall come to pass that as I have watched over them to pluck up and down, to overthrow, destroy, and bring harm, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. God will be with us, everyone. God will be with us. In those days, they shall no longer say, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge, but everyone shall die for his own sin. Each man who eats sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge behold the days are coming declares the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and the house of judah not like the covenant that i made with their fathers on the day when i took them by hand to bring them out of the land of egypt my covenant that they broke You see, God made the promises. God was faithful. It was not God who turned away, but it was man who turned away. For it was my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord. Here's what he's saying. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now we know that the is there is such an importance for having the Word of God in our heart, in our mind, that we're thinking about it. It's used to help renew our mind. as we're going to go back and hear from our sermon last weekend. It is so important because this word is what we heard. This relationship is what we have. We got saved. And in reading the word of God and in understanding the word of God and in having experience with the word of God, that's what helps us to continue to be saved as God is working to perfect the work that he has started in us. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will give their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. They are erased. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light day by day, and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that it waves and roars. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below can be explored, then I will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. Behold. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the city shall be rebuilt for the Lord from the tower of the Hananel to the corner gate. And the measuring line shall go out farther, straight to the hill Garib, and shall turn to Goa, the, valley, the whole valley of the dead bodies and the ashes and the fields as far as the brook of Kidron, to the corner of the horse gate towards the east shall be sacred to the Lord, and shall not be uprooted or overthrown any more, forever. Now, chapter 32. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. At the time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, And Jeremiah, the prophet, was shut up in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah. So he's just there. He can't do stuff. For King Zedekiah, king of Judah, had imprisoned him, saying, Why do you prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving the city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. King not happy with the prophecy that's coming out, so he thinks it can be stopped by imprisoning the prophet. He doesn't like and questions, Why are you saying this? What is coming out of your mouth now? King Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him face to face, and see him eye to eye. And he shall take Zedekiah to Babylon, and there he shall remain until I visit him, declares the Lord. Though you fight against the Chaldeans, you shall not succeed. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you, and he will say, Buy my field that is Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then Hananel, my cousin, came to me in the court of the guard in accordance with the word of the Lord, and said to me, By my field that is in Ananoth, in the land of Benjamin, For the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew this was the word of the Lord. And I bought that field at Ananoth from Hanamel, my cousin, and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deal. I sealed it. Now we've heard about that seal. If you recall last weekend, we were talking about that seal that goes on things that were your belongings. It could come on like a ring and you would mark it. So I signed the deed, sealed it, had witnesses, very important in transactions, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase containing the items and conditions and the open copy i gave the deed of purchase to baruch the son of Neria, son of manasseh in the presence of hanamel my cousin in the presence of the witnesses who also signed the deed of purchase and in the presence of all the judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard i charged baruch in their presence saying Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in earthenware vessel, that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, house and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. Now. As we go through these two passages, these two chapters, we're seeing that there are a lot of important things that can come and flow in our life. That our hearts, our attitudes, the way we respond to God is very important. That God will speak and he will give us chances. He will give us opportunities. But things are determined by how we act with these opportunities given to us? How do we respond from the Word of God? You see, He has given us things. He has given us His Word to help us because He loves us. And this Word here is to teach us so that Like it said in chapter 1, that there is going to be reward, that God will welcome us, that there will be covenant, that God will watch us and help us build, that there's promises that will come, that there is hope for your future. These are all important things to help build us up. And that is the power of the Word of God. And that's the power of going through and reading verse upon verse and knowing what it says in the Bible. Let's keep that in mind as we turn our hearts right now to worship the Lord some more before we get into our New Testament.
1: i okay. We yeah. yeah.
0: you enjoyed that. Now we are going to be turning our Bibles, please, all together. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're going to be taking a look at verse 3 to 21. And let me tell you something. There's a lot we're going to be going through today. All right. Verse 3. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. He is, number one, puffed up with conceit, and number two, understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy, and for quarrels. And these quarrels are about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, and evil suspicions. These things, if you are not listening to someone who's teaching the right doctrine, if you hear someone teaching wrong doctrine, it doesn't agree with the word of God, it doesn't act godliness, then you are seeing someone who is puffed up with conceit. You are seeing someone who truly doesn't understand things and who has an unhealthy craving. You're going to see someone that the words out of their mouth are going to be envious words, divisive words, trying to divide people, trying to separate people, trying to speak bad about people, slander one another, silly, wrong things that are going to cause division. Verse 5, And constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth. Imagine that godliness is a means of gain. You know, we need to live right. We need to have a relationship with God. It's not trying to be something else. It's not trying to be super spiritual or SS, as some people say. It needs to be coming from a right relationship with God. Not just saying, I'm holy. I'm holy are not going to have a real relationship. There's no reward that is going to come from that. Now, verse 6. Now, there is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing. We cannot take anything out of the world. It all stays here. When you pass away, when you go to heaven, when you open your eyes and see Jesus, everything else that you had here in the world, it stays. It stays. It's not going that direction with you. But if we have food and clothing, with this we shall be content. Now, here's a warning. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless, harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You know, this is something you need to watch for in yourself. What is the reasoning that you have here? If you're just after getting money for the sake of getting money, if money is becoming your first love, it is going to be a painful road for your future. But if you're praying to God, God bless the work of my hands. God guide me. Lord, what business do you want for me? Lord, I desire to see increase for my family. Lord, be with me every step of the way. If you're keeping your heart and your mind in the right place, that, now that is different. For the love of money is the root of some kinds of evil. No. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Now this is going to all lead you down a bad, painful path. All evil. When you keep your heart in the right place, when you realize that it's not about you loving money and chasing money, but when you have a relationship with the blessor, the blessings come, it changes your attitude. It changes your way of looking at things. But as for you, O man of God, flee from these things. And here's what we need to go after. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, steadfastness, gentleness. If people aren't pursuing these things, stay away. You need to follow these kind of people. People who are pursuing the right godly things in life. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the internal life to which you were called and about which you were made. The good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Keep your eyes and saying focused on him. I charge you in the presence of God who gave life to all things and to Christ Jesus, whose testimony before Pontius Pilate made a good confession to keep the commandment Unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and sovereign, King of kings and the Lord of lords. Keep living right. Keep free from all things. Do the best that you can. You're not going to be perfect. God is perfecting the good work in you and that's a process, but you keep doing the best that you can. Keep reading your Bible, keep loving God, keep striving to live right, and you're going to be on that right track. Now, who all alone in verse 16 has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be the honor. An eternal domain. Amen. And as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us everything to enjoy. Things come from God. Things don't come from ourselves. Things in this world are going to come and go. But one thing that is consistent is God. And if you stay connected to the blessor, the blessings will be there. He will take care of you. He will make sure you have all that you need. He will give you seed to sow. He will give you wisdom. He will give you ideas. He will guide the steps of your feet. And so on and so on. That is God. Now, here's a how to live. Verse 18. They are to do good. To be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. There is a verse about how we are to live our life. We are to do good, be rich in good works, and to be able to be generous and ready to share. Thus, if we do all these things, verse 19, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Now, the last verse and a half, important. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith grace be to you in this passage we see a lot of to do's and not to do's and this is something i would strongly encourage you to go back and read through and read through and get this inside of you because this is a real how to live and how not to live chapter in life now i hope you all have really enjoyed our devotion time this morning thank you so much for coming and for being faithful in reading your Bible, and worshiping God, and for coming to God's house on the weekend. Now, we so, so, so look forward to seeing you, and we are so encouraged with how our IATF guidelines are coming, and we just want to continue to pray for more opportunities for our young ones and our older ones. We want to pray for favor from the government, pray for our medical professionals, and so forth. So let's pray father lord we come to you right now in jesus name lord we thank you lord you are good you are faithful every good and perfect thing comes from you lord we thank you for your word which is teaching us how to live what to do what to stay away from father we pray help us lord god to be able to apply these things in our heart and our life lord we desire to do good we desire to live a life that you can bless lord check us What do we need to deal with, Lord? What do we need to remove? How are the influences in our life? Lord, keep our hearts in check. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which helps us, Lord God, to be able to live right. Father, we also come and we lift up to you our government. Lord, they are making important decisions right now. Lord, continue to have your outpouring, Lord God, of guidance upon them. Lord, continue, Lord God, to be with them every step of the way. Lord, we just continue to ask, Father, that you will be able to guide their steps to make good decisions for our country, for the finances, for the people at home, for the economy, for jobs, for traveling, for all of these things, Lord God. Give them guidance and wisdom. Lord, we lift up to you our medical professionals. Father, we pray, Lord, be with them. Strengthen them, Lord God. Help them. Give them hope. Lord, keep them strong in their bodies, Lord God. Lord, for our teachers who are adjusting to a new norm for them, Lord, keep them strong. Give them peace. Give them ability, Lord God. Give them ideas. Lord, help them to take care of this next generation that is rising up, Lord God, to teach them. Be with the students, Lord God, to give them wisdom and favor, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, Lord God, in our life. We thank you that blessings and prosperity come from you. We thank you that you give seed to the sower, that protection be upon us and sickness and disease be far from our families. That you watch us, Lord, in our coming and our going. That the outpouring of the Holy Spirit shall be present, Lord God, in every aspect of our life. We thank you, Lord, and we return to you all glory, honor, and praise, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you had a wonderful time this morning with me as I had a wonderful time with you. Have a fantastic weekend. Take care. God bless. And look forward to seeing you in God's house this weekend. Bye, guys.